Well, folks, welcome to one more edition of Politics and Radamick. Better with his host. Thank you so kind of being a part of the show. We're going to have a great show for you today. Welcome aboard, beautiful Yvette Avery Herod. She is in the house along with Bridge MCP. Bridge MCP, come on. I don't know about the notifications. Let's see. Can't stand no notification. I'm having to go page. I can only see four comments at a time. Read the rest of YouTube. Dang, I don't know what's going on. Maybe they froze us because we are political. Yes, I have my glasses on. I just came back and forgot to take them off. I just came back from KPFT. Anyhow, welcome aboard, AVQ. Michael Rodney, how is everybody doing? Uh, who else is in the house? Who else is in the house? Come on, folks, make yourself known. Make yourself known. Okay, let's get busy. Uh, let's see. Kind of sucks that my topics today or of someone I'd rather forget about, move on. But Oregon Public Broadcasting, Trump tweeted an image of spy satellite declassified document show. Three years ago, Donald Trump tweeted an image of the left intelligence of, of the image that left intelligence expert gobsmacked. The picture was of a rocket that had exploded on a launch pad deep inside of Iran. It was so crisp that some initially thought that may have been taken by a satellite, but aerospace expert quickly determined it was a photograph used one of America's most prized intelligence assets, a classified spacecraft called USA-24 that is widely believed to be a multi-billion dollar KH-11 reconnaissance satellite. Now, three years after Trump's tweet, the National Geospatial Intelligence Agency has formally declassified the original image, the declassification which came as a result of the Freedom of Information Act request by NPR, Follow a grueling Pentagon-wide review to determine whether the briefing slide it came from could be shared with the public. It is declassified now, means it wasn't declassified when Trump shared it on Twitter. As this was considered a presidential screw-up, I'm not sure if there is a crime that can be charged here, but uh, it would be the first time Trump did give a damn about revealing intelligence. Don't forget he had those guys from Moscow, uh, Moscow in the Oval Office, and you know they probably bugged it. Raw story, Weiselberg, Trump authorized tax. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Fraud scheme at heart of his business criminal trial. New York Times K witness in Trump organization trial takes stand. Alan Weisenberg, Trump organization CFO, criminal indicted for fraud over a year ago, is still working for the Trump organization despite the indictments. Usually when financial officers in charge with fraud, they're fired to protect the companies further from further damage, but Trump is still paying Weisberg his $640,000 salary and $500,000 bonus to continue. Of course, he has to hide and hide all the skeletons, right? Rolling Stone, Trump money man just linked him to a tax fraud scheme. Former, uh, former Trump organization chief financial officers, Alan Weisberg, testified Tuesday that Donald Trump personally green-lighted on, on taxed Benefits that are on the center of the Manhattan criminal trial uh, against several of the ex-presidents. Eponymous companies. What is that? Eponymous company. I don't know that word. Including a gratis res uh, residence in New York. The rent was authorized by Trump. Weisselberg said less than two hours in his time on the stand in state Supreme Court. Prosecutors allege that the Trump organization participated in an illicit compensation scheme that illegally lined Weisberg pockets. To the tune of $1.7 million of untaxed income. Ha-ha, Weisselberg. I tell you about these rich thugs that I spoke about earlier today on KPFT. That's what it's all about. And, of course, we have Bridge brought her research as well. She says, hidden audits reveal millions in overcharges by Medicare Advantage plans. I love this. Summaries of the 90 audits which examined billions from 2011 to 2013 and are the most recent reviews completed were contained or were obtained exclusively by KHN. That's, a, I think it's Kelsey... Uh, health news through a three-year Freedom of Information Act lawsuit, which was settled late September. The government audits uncovered about $12 million in net overpayments for the care of 18,000 patients, though the actual losses to taxpayer are likely much higher. Medicare Advantage, a fast-growing alternative to original Medicare, is run primarily by major insurance companies. Taxpayers footed the bill for Medicare Advantage health plans that should 
have costs far less newly released federal shows. Some plans overbuild government by more than $20,000 per patient per year. I, I, you know, how stupid do people think we are? Sorry, British. I see better without them for close view. How stupid do they think we are? If a private company is going to take over something, it's because they want to make a big profit. It's not because they somehow are more efficient. They can be more efficient than the government. They cannot be. Not for just delivering a payment. Oh my God, this gives me a headache. How do we get that over? We have to find a way to get that in the skulls of people so that ultimately we get Medicare for healthcare for all. That's what we got to do. Bridge MCP says, can't stand, no, no. Oh, I read that already. Let's see. E2247 is in the house. He says, hello, relatives. Today's visit will be greatest ever visit. I know. Deborah Moyers is in the house. She says, hola, PDR folks, meaning hi, PDR folks. Eric Hayes says, 30 times F- 30 ex-FBI agents stand up to support whistleblower who exposed agencies' political bias. That's a joke. That's a joke. The, the FBI has always been known to be Republican-centric. I don't know where that comes from. It's just because they're going after the orange man that you guys would say that. All right, let's continue. Uh, Bridge MCP says, whoa, AVQ, can you send me a link? I cannot see comment in full here. Eric Hayes says, the orange man show here. We go, y'all. No, this is not the orange man show. The orange man is history. All right, Michael Rantz, eponymous, given given their name to do something, Trump's Brandon. Okay. Given their name to do something. Okay. Lee Grant says, is today spotlight Trump? No. Uh, Say, Bridge, how is Finn doing? Any word? Yeah, how is he doing? Let us know, Bridge. All right, Mike Cisek says, Bridge MCP, there are billions upon billions in the main Medicare programs. Government programs have this problem because they don't audit that often like private companies do. That's a joke. Private companies are just thugs, right? That's what you're saying. Is if, In other words, if you're saying we have to audit for them not to be thugs, might as well just government do the job, right? Uh, massive correspond overspending and fraud is common in federal programs. No, it's common in private sector programs. Those were the links shared with my comments. Thank you very much, ABQ, for passing those along. All right, we're going to start today. I think I'm going to play my long video first, and this has to do with progressives. Okay, let's go ahead. It's something that I did at KPFT. I cleaned it up and, and have it ready for you all. Here we go. There was a New York Times article that came out. It was like two or three days ago. And the title of the article was Extreme Candidates and Positions Came Back to Bite in the Midterms. And I initially agreed with the title of the article written by Jonathan Wiseman and Katie Gluck. And then I kept on reading. So I I want to read a piece of it for you. It says, A surprisingly nuanced verdict in the midterm elections has delivered at least one important conclusion about the state of national mood. In battleground states and swing districts across the country, voters voiced their support of moderation. Okay. Okay. That happened in Nevada's Senate race where Catherine Cortez Masto, an unassuming incumbent Democrat occupying one party's most endangered seats, overcame voters' economic fears and won re-election, highlighting her Republican opponent's embrace of Donald Trump lies about the 2020 election and his denigration of abortion rights. So far, so good, even though they try to say she was unassuming. What they mean by unassuming is she wasn't the AOC type that was a firebrand. I love AOC, and I think that's what we need. Anyway, continuing. It happened in Pennsylvania, where Josh Shapiro facing the far-right Doug Mastriano, won the governor's office in the biggest landslide for a non-incumbent in the state since 1946. By the way, Mastriano did not uh, did not try to be a super meek conservative or moderate. He was out there. Listen to how much he, he, he mimicked Obama in all of his speeches. So the, the article is starting to go a little bit haywire if you know some politics 
then it continues. It happened in Pennsylvania where Josh Shapiro facing the far right dog Mastriano won the governor's office the biggest landslide. And it happened on Sunday when liberal Democrat in Oregon who beat a veteran centrist House Democrat in the primary. Representative Kurt Schrader lost the seat for her party to the GOP, a stinging blow to the Democrats' chances of holding their majority. What? What? That that is what you call and if you're not politically in 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 La Ola as we would say, you wouldn't see the sleight of hand that the author used right there. Let me explain. The the article would like to say we want to keep everybody in the middle. We don't want any lefties winning. We don't want any super, super crazy right winning. That is what it's saying, right? Uh, The article continues and it says, in contests up and down the ballot, Republicans betting on a red wave instead received a sweeping rebuke from Americans who for all the qualm polls show they have about democratic governance made clear they believe that the GOP had become unacceptably extreme. On a smaller scale, a similar dynamic could be discerned on the left after Democratic primary voters chose more progressive nominees over the moderates in a handful of House races, including in Oregon, Texas, California. Those left-leaning candidates were defeated or are at risk of losing their seats that could have helped preserve a narrow Democratic majority. If you listen to the tone of this article, you can see what it is attempting to do. Shut down the left. Shut down the left. Make the left equal to the crazy right-wing MAGA crowd. Make, try to cre- create these two extremes, but it's not the case. That is the biggest sleight of hand. And these type of subliminal messaging is placed out there so that when you go to the polls and you see somebody that somehow they say, I am progressive, somehow they say I'm I'm left of center, that you automatically think extreme and extreme doesn't win. All of this is preparation for the... uh This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it... A real POS. You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Uh, For the uh, primaries that are coming up in 2024, that's what it's all about. What I try to explain to people is the media has been used. They continue to use the media to try to form your minds. I'm going to continue with the article, but I need to create a little narrative here. They want to make sure in the primary that when you have a choice between that progressive person and that moderate finance very well, with the very finance perfectly well by the corporatocracy, that somehow you are going to say, ah, they don't win elections. Let's go with the safer choice. Let's go with the moderate. And if you do that, folks, if you do that, the idea is we get the status quo, nothing changes. All right, let's give an, a classic example. Miss Bass out of, uh, out of California just became the mayor of L.A., Los Angeles. And how did she do that? She became the mayor of Los Angeles by not raising near as much money as her compatriot, another Democrat, Republican turned Democrat, but really holding the spot. He raised 11 times what she raised and she won grassroots, folks. It seems like like Democrats will lose the House by four votes, by four votes. And guess what would have happened if New York, the four moderates that lost in New York... Imagine if they had a story to tell those New Yorkers that would have helped their bottom line, that wouldn't have run away from from daycare, that wouldn't have run away from health care for all, that wouldn't have run away from all those policies that would have helped all those New Yorkers on Long Island, would have helped all those New Yorkers all over the state of New York. 
so that they would be able to live the American dream without going bankrupt. Suppose you had a full-throated attack, a full-throated debate with your opposition that could tell them, hey man, I want to make sure you have health care. Hey man, I want to make sure you have family leave. If, you're, if your kid gets real sick and you have to take care of them for six months, for one year, you can take care of them and know that you can still be employed. Suppose a, and, and by the way, those positions I just called out is the position that the New York Times, that the, 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 the head of the Democratic Party and these guys would like to call extreme. What the things that AOC or, is asking for, Ilan Omar is asking for, Rashida Talib is asking for, Ayanna Presley is asking for, Mondale, uh, Mondair Jones are asking for, is what they're calling extreme. So it is now extreme to say, I want to help my fellow man. It is now extreme to say, I want to give you health care that you can afford. It is extreme to say, I want to say, I want your kids to have health care. And you know why it is extreme? Because somebody else, some rich fat cat is now going to have to pay more in taxes on the money that he did not or she did not earn. Folks, folks, it is so important for us to not let them. It's just like how we have allowed them to change what liberal means. Liberal is a bad word. I am taking it back. Progressive is a bad word. I am taking it back. No, no. I am not going to apologize for wanting to help people. I am not going to apologize for making sure that those who are Super billionaires who didn't earn it, who earned that on the backs of others, the ones who had the true intellect. They won't. I won't. I won't ever apologize for that. I won't ever allow them to say I am extreme. Ever allow. And you, all of you out there who want those policies, whether you are conservative or, lib or liberal or whatever the hell you want to call yourself, do not allow anybody to shame you for wanting to help others because that is all we want. And if that is extreme, bring it on. We spend a lot of time deconstructing the news, trying to, trying to parse it into a form that everybody can understand. We try to find those little nitpicks where my clicks weren't working, my clicks weren't working, and I don't know why, and I don't know why my clicks weren't working, but it's working now. Anyhow, folks, every now and then you get these things where, oh my God, what's going on? Anyhow, um, I'm glad we have great people in the room because Deborah Myers, uh, Bridge MCP, is correct that um, Medigap is a private secondary insurance to cover the 20% uh, of the 80% that... You know, Medicare is an 80-20 federally driven insurance plan. And let me tell you guys something about Medicare, right? This is how corrupt our industry is. Older people cost more money because they are older and they have more health care. So guess what the private sector says? Let's all offload all the old people to the government. Because we can play games with the young ones. We can try to only insure the young ones we know are mostly healthy. Of course, Obamacare kind of got rid, with, rid of that. Of course, they found ways around. They don't, they don't ask you if you're healthy per se uh, in, in the way you're, you're thinking. They just do now statistical analysis on where they market their product, their product being insurance. So Medicare was created. Don't, don't let anybody lie to you because... In the private sector, you could not afford insurance for old people. And here's a, here's a killer about it, okay? We offload old people to Medicare. I'm a, and by the way, you know, that's, that, that's the idea. Check it out. Older people, I should say, not old people, older people to Medicare because the insurance companies don't want to take a risk with older people. And then... After the government is paying the higher prices to insure these older people, 
they try to take it back from the government because now it's the government who is going to pay the premiums, the higher premiums to these crooked insurance companies. It's the biggest racket, Medicare Advantage, the biggest racket. After we offload Medicare to the government, so we get the government into paying that higher price for that it's going to cost the service older people, and then we try to take it back from the government in the form of higher premiums paid not mostly by the people, meaning the older people, but by the taxpayer. But let me tell you what that means. Guys, the racket that the private sector plays on you is marvelous, man. What it means is this. If you are 20 years old or 30 years old or 40 years old or whatever age you are, right? You pay your normal premium to the private sector at a lower cost because you're younger. So those are the people they're willing to insure. And then guess what they do? They go ahead and take from the... Uh, government, the Medicare folks, and call it Medicare Advantage. So they are now collecting that higher price premiums because it's for older people. And guess who pay? The 20-year-olds, the 30-year-olds, the 40-year-olds, the 50-year-olds in the form of higher taxes. So they're paying their premiums for their own personal premiums to the private sector. They're paying higher taxes to the government who then pays that fees to the private companies again for Medicare Advantage. The racket. And what behooves me is there are a lot of intelligent right-wingers in our room right now that looks at the insurance company, look at the insurance companies and say, please, screw me one more time. You're screwing my kids and you're screwing me. And it, it, it is not like it's rocket science to figure this thing out, right? It's right there in front of you. And then the private sector get these think tanks and create all these excuses. Why this is the way things have to run and it's the most efficient. It's a lie. It's an utter lie. It's an utter lie. And we have the Eric Hayes of the world and the Mike Cisex of the world in their minds which I always say, and I say this with a lot of respect, sir. An enslaved mind doesn't allow you to think outside the, the, the walls that the corporatocracy, the plutocracy, the rich folk, the oligarchy, they create a box. And for those who are willing to stay in that box, you must believe that. And if you believe that, that's fine. Of course your wife got a new knee from Medicare. Uh, look, Medicare Advantage works within the scope. It just, costs, it just costs me, Lee Grant, as a taxpayer. It costs Bridge MCP. It costs Michael Rudnan. It costs Eric Hayes. All of us paid that private company a higher premium for your beautiful wife, Lee Grant. Love you, Lee. Love your wife. You're just a victim of the system. But that knee costs a lot more to me and Eric Hayes and everybody else, I would, a, a knee that was des- that your wife deserved, a, a knee that your life that your wife must and should have, but we had to. Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Pay a premium to the private sector to give your beautiful wife that knee. You get it? And, and what I'm saying, this is not against Brother Grant. This is not against Brother Grant's wife. This is about a fraudulent economic system. And I wish Brother Grant and others would understand that what we're doing here isn't some extremist thing. We are the ones that are not the extremists. The extremists are the ones 
that are paying the, the premium. If I could just get folks to get it. The extreme position to allow so-called uh, trends. Uh, you know, Lee Grant keeping that trend. The trans thing is a is a is a trope. I mean, but I mean, but that's how they get you. They get you on things. Look, you are probably a, a fairly older person, and when you talk about trans and and gays and all of that, because of your upbringing. You are that properly eso te da asco. I don't know how to say that in English. It gives you the creep, the creeps, asco creeps. It gives you the creeps, right? Because the way we were schooled, the way we learned at home. I am from Panama. I grew up homophobic, sexist. Okay, I grew up homophobic and sexist. I extricated that by educating myself. And the Republicans are, and all those against those. You know, trans and all these folks making them, making them some sort of a issue. They are they are using the, the 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 actual carnality that you feel when you hear trans, when you hear homosexual because of your upbringing. They are depending on that so that they can control you in every other aspect of your life. And what I'm trying to do here is say, let's educate ourselves. Let's, what's wrong with my thing here? Okay, I don't want to show that orange. Let's educate ourselves. Let's not allow them to use our own prejudices that, that have not yet been extricated out of our minds. Let's not allow them to use that against us. Egberto, the attacks against LGBTQ people are pushed by Republicans to the tune of $50 million in attack ads and the recent Colorado mass shooting is being is probably going to be linked to what Republicans have. I, but I've already linked it. I've already linked it. I mean, all the evil with guns that you've seen can be directly attributed to GOP policy. I'm not even, I don't even have to think about it. The numbers are out. The numbers are out. And that we allow them to get away with it by being timid in the way we talk about it. Today, somebody, I think it was Brother Grant, says, why don't you leave uh, Mattress Max alone? He's doing, look, we have to call out evil where evil occurs. We must call out evil where evil occurs. I see great conversation occurring in the chat room between uh, our right and the left. Y'all keep it going. I have another video to show you, and this one has to do with what Chuck Todd did to Mike Pence, which probably will prevent Mike Pence from ever, ever, ever becoming president of the United States. Check this out. Election 2024 is in vogue, folks. And you know what? It is time to start. And I tell you what. You know, Chuck Todd gave Mike Pence an interview, former vice president for Trump, Mike Pence, a great interview in which Mike Pence, in my humble opinion, disqualified himself for the presidency. But more importantly, I think he disqualifies his party from ever holding the presidency Again, well, at least in our lifetime, based on what they've attained with the Supreme Court, what they've legislated through the Supreme Court. But I want you to listen to this interview and then we'll take it on the other side. I recognize that uh, this issue is likely going to be resolved one state at a time. Some states have already acted to advance the cause of life. And I've said to people, when the Dobbs decision was overturned, we haven't come to the end. We've come to the end of the beginning. And Chuck, it may take as many years to restore the sanctity of life to the center of American law in every state in this country as it took to overturn Roe versus Wade. But as long as yeah. I have breath, I'll I know be in you're that cause. Are you a limited, you're a limited government guy. Are you comfortable with the idea of essentially government-mandated pregnancy? If somebody doesn't want this child, doesn't want this pregnancy to, to go through, you're now advocating a law that essentially the government is ordering you to go through with. Are you comfortable with a government mandate like that? The folks in Kansas weren't. Our founding documents say we're endowed by our creator with certain inalienable rights. And the first one mentions is life. 
And I think government exists to protect life, particularly defenseless life. And I intend to be a part of this. And we have the opportunity not just to craft uh, thoughtful protections for the unborn, but also to extend protections and support for women in crisis pregnancy and for newborns. Do you think the unborn have constitutional rights? I, I, I believe they in... They don't in the, our law right now, but do you believe they should? I believe in the right to life. And I believe... A, do you believe they, an unborn fetus has a constitutional right? I, look, the, we are protected in this country from being denied life or liberty without due process of law. And I, I believe those protections should extend to the born and the unborn. There are several issues here that we have to be cognizant of. One, he intends, as you notice, he tries to make it soft, but he intends to create an abortion ban throughout the entire country, not via Supreme Court, but actually uh, now it's by state, by state, by state, by state. But it's much deeper than that. Because Chuck Todd says, wait a minute, do you realize that even as a small government, government out of your business kind of a party that you're supposed to be, you are saying you're telling women that they must, they must go through with their pregnancy. So says the state. But it goes even further, folks. And the last part is actually very dangerous. And very few people are going to see it initially. But here is the danger. He decides to say, the born and the unborn now has what? Constitutional rights. Think about what that means. That means any prosecutor going forward, if somehow you touch, uh, you, you touch a kid or, or, or whatever uh, happens, if a woman gets food poisoned or a woman accidentally eats something, now remember that that unborn has constitutional rights and prosecutors can do some magic for people they want to get. So, folks, um, I think it is time for us to start amassing these statements that these radical fascist uh, people are making already. And again, we need to start naming them. You remember how good they were at turning a great thing, the word liberal, the word progressive, into something too many liberals and progressives became ashamed of because of how it was deemed. Well, having these guys being fascist, uh, the American Taliban, and more, it is time that we tag them as people we shouldn't touch as people we should never, ever see in office. Absolutely. So, okay, Mary L. Hardy, before I welcome aboard, I don't know if you understood what I was saying. I think you completely misunderstood what I was saying. If you are still in the house, Mary, uh, in the chat, uh, Mary L. Hardy, please go ahead and uh, send me another message, but I'm going to address your message anyway. Welcome into the fold. Bruce Pollard, didn't, didn't salute you. Uh, Deborah Hayes, welcome aboard uh, as well. Para ver quien más. Dwayne Roberts, welcome aboard. Uh, who else is in the house that I see that I think I did? didn't call out. You know, I like to call out everybody. Mike Cisak, I don't think I called you out, even though I mentioned you. Uh, and uh, let's see. Paul Fleming Sr. is in the house as well. Anyhow, uh, Hardy says, so you had rather screw your parents, grandparents, aunts, etc., for giving you and our children, etc., who brought you into the world. Get over yourself. I am assuming that you completely misunderstood where I am, who I am, and what I do, and what I support. And it, that is why it is important for us, Mary L. Hardy, and I say this with respect, for us to listen to each other. Because that is how I'm assuming you're addressing me when you say get over yourself. My commentary was not that I have a problem with young people paying for older people's insurance, etc. That was not the whole context at all. In fact, I support healthcare for all paid out of 
all our taxes, one single one single pair of the bill being the government, as we do for Medicare, standard Medicare. I want standard Medicare to apply to everybody. I want to get the private health insurance company out of giving healthcare business, on, except for those who want some sort of a premium healthcare. If they want to pay that big amount of money for that, that's fine. But if you are thinking that I was somehow disparaging getting older people insurance, you are wrong. And I think, I hope you're still in the room so that you didn't take the wrong message out of what we talk about here. Because I support healthcare for all. And when I say healthcare for all, I mean for all. And the notion that I was trying to tell you is that we all get screwed by having the private sector in healthcare, one, when uh, the, the older people were relegated to whom were relegated to the government because the private sector couldn't make money on the older people at the premium rates they wanted to charge. So that goes out. So the government takes it and pays the higher premium. And then the private sector comes in and say, OK, we, we want to you to hire us with Medicare Advantage to take care of Medicare for you. We'll just charge you a hell of a lot more for it. And so again, we are subsidizing private companies with Medicare for with Medicare Advantage. Medicare Advantage is a racket. Medicare Advantage is thievery. And Medicare Advantage is saying, young people who are still paying premiums, you will pay another premium in higher taxes to take care of older people as opposed to all of us being in one big pot all through our entire lives. It's a crooked, crooked insurance scheme. So, Ms. Hardy, I hope you're still here to have listened to what the true answer is. I really, really hope you stuck around. But I tell you one thing, when you make a message, when you when you come into the middle of a a a a, uh, a, tr- a live stream. Try to spend a bit more time to listen, so that you make sure that you actually talk to the ones who need to be spoken to. Progressives have become too drag queen friendly. Lee Grant, what does that mean? Can we get too straight people friendly? Again. Remember, we are victims of our environment. We are victims of our rearing. We are victims of who raised us. That is the reason I treat everybody equally well. Why? Um, are, a lot of, are a lot of white people racist? Yes. Do I hold all white people that are racist accountable? No. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. We're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Why? We are all victims of our rearing. I was a homophobe. I was a sexist. Okay? That's who I was. That's who I was. If everybody held me accountable in perpetuity for the idiot that I was, for the buffoon that I was, for the fool that I was, if everybody held me accountable for that, then what? So I. I deal with everybody based on their willingness to grow. On their willingness to grow. And I'm asking you, Brother Lee, who's here all of the time. Again, willingness to grow. Disregard what you're hearing about trans and queers and all that stuff. Because that stuff kills like it did yesterday in Colorado. You have to put your frame of mind and set your frame of mind willing to learn, willing to accept that just maybe the the values that you were reared with weren't true. Uh, I'm going to talk about 
and I don't, gosh, I want to remember his name, but I can't remember his name right now. He wrote a hell of a piece. This is a patriot. Uh, you guys know him, great Republican that worked for, Don, for, for, uh, for George Bush. And he wrote a piece on who we really are. He talked about the atrocities. Are we a violent country? He said, yes, but we are a country getting better. I, 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 I'm going to post that piece that he wrote because it touched the heart that he could be so frank about who we really are and not allow who we really were to define who we are going to be. Your commentary on trans have allowed you to accept the inhumanity, the inhumanity of what many on the right are preaching to get you to hate all others. Trans people don't hate you. They just want to live. They just want to live. There's nothing. I thought myself when I thought trans and so like there was something deviant about. There's not. It is us who don't realize that we come in many flavors and that our chemical makeup makes us different in the way we think, thoughts, and everything. But all together, we are all humans looking for the same thing. So I am going to call you out one more time, Brother Lee. Please, please con consider, consider that your feelings about trans and queers and all of that is all wrong, as I had to do myself. And as I have extricated those horrendous, prejudicial thoughts out of my mind. Tom C., welcome aboard, brother. He says, Mike Pence says he's for life and for the police but he won't hold Trump and others accountable for the loss of life and assault on Capitol Police on 1621. So good. Deborah Moyers, we are all human beings trying to live. Prescient. Bridge MCP on Lee, shaking my head with this trans drag queen thing. Don't worry, Bridge. I will never give up on using my own experience as a former homophobe to try to entice, encourage others to look within themselves to see how wrong they were and atone for it. Extricate it from your body and atone for it. Because on uh, those killings in Colorado that occurred yesterday, those killings in uh, Orlando that occurred a few years ago, it's on the heads of those who have made your mind what it is. Cindy Style says, Lee Grant, if drag queens scare you, you, uh, you or make you uncomfortable, don't be a drag queen or go to where places they are. Yeah. I mean, if you really want to see people, you know, it, it's funny, right? And I have more videos to play, but Lee Grant and his messaging got me thinking. I remember um, my wife, and this is a story that she tells all the, all the time. Uh, she used to partake in, uh, when we moved into this community, which is mostly white, uh, the, it's, it, it's probably a little bit more integrated now, but when we moved here, it was mostly, mostly white, right? And, you know, a few people on the streets invited her to Banco, and they used to play Banco and all this kind of stuff. And one of these ladies at, at one of the Banco meetings ran up to my wife that night, and she told her an experience that simply blew her mind. She went into, uh, she was coming down 59, Interstate 69, and her car broke down in a very unsavory, quote-unquote unsavory neighborhood. And she, she got on the side of the road and she parked while she waited on, on the um, wrecker or something to come help her. And these four black guys comes up to this white woman in this van. And her heart is in her mouth and she's going into a panic. And they come out there and they're like, ma'am, uh, it's, it's late. Can we, we help you? And she's scared. And, and they just said, uh, did you get to call? And, and they started helping her out and all of that sort of stuff. And ultimately things worked out great. And she got home and all of that. And at the Bunko meeting, she was elated. That she she got uh, her car broke down in this black neighborhood. It's a it's a poor, very poor neighborhood, and these people came out and helped her. And 
My wife looked at her and smiled. And she said, what were you expecting? And you see what happens is, on TV, when you look at crime and all these other things, crime has a shade. Crime has a hue. And everybody sees the way crime looks and, oh my God, it, it actually kind of looks like me. So when people... And, you know, I, and that's why I also told my wife, you can't blame white people that think that way because guess what happens? On TV, if you look at what's happening, you don't see all the crimes that occur in the white areas, which is more so than occurring in these black areas. I'm talking about proportions now. You know, I'm talking about quantity, not proportions, quantity. You don't see it, right? So that's not what you see. And then it turns out that when you go into these neighborhoods or when you go and have break bread with these folks, it's like, oh my God, they are just like me. They're bad ones that don't mean me well and they're good ones that mean me well, wherever or whomever you are. Of course, high crime areas have high crime. But high crime in high crime areas doesn't mean what many think it means. Let me give an example. If I have an area that has 50,000 people with a high crime rate and another area that has 50,000 people that has one-tenth the crime rate, your possibility of getting harm in the high crime area is, again, we're talking props and stats, is very low because the crime rate as a total of crime could be high, but the crime rate as a cult, as a property of number of people is quite low in the aggregate in the first place. That's why people live in those neighborhoods all their lives and ne crime never happened to them. And people don't know who lives in their neighborhood. Crime in general is not near as bad as people perceive it to be given the news. You can go into the most crime-infested neighborhood in Chicago, uh, one 90 times out of 100, 95 times out of 100, and have no encounter with anybody that will do you harm. Again, it's so important for us to understand crime, density, and all those types of issues. Now, Bridge says, Egberto Willis, I, I will say this. I have no issue with trans people, but I can understand how some people think a trans person going into, say, a girl's bathroom feel. And the only reason is that some sick hetero man will try to go into the bathroom, but that is on straight white men who make up, uh, the, make up the pedophiles, not all, of course, not. This episode is brought to you by La Quinta by Window. Your work can take you all over the place, like Texas. You've never been, but it's going to be great because you're staying at La Quinta by Wyndham. Their free bright side breakfast will give you energy for the day ahead. And after, you can unwind using their free high-speed Wi-Fi. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book your stay today at LQ.com. Gay trans men. So to be clear, I am not saying white hetero men are pedophiles and neither are gay trans men. I'm Again, ex understood. Again, and that's what I'm saying. You can't, you don't know if there's going to be a woman in a bathroom doing things to little girls. You have women that do things to little girls. You have men that do things to little boys. You have men that do things to little girls and women that do things to little boys. We have to separate crime from these issues. It's so important. So, uh, brother, brother, I I'm picking on you today, Lee Grant. I know I'm picking on you today because of the trans thing that you said. But, you know, I, 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 I'm saying these things completely out of love, brother. I'm trying to get us to be better people. That's what I'm trying to do. Let's be better people. Let's not allow Republicans or, uh, uh, to demean us, to, 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 to take away our humanity. Let's not allow that. What time is it? 48? I still have time for another video. Let's go ahead and do the Philadelphia video. It's going right now. Kudos to Larry Krasner, Philadelphia District Attorney. He, he laid it on, on the line. The fact of the matter is this. They're trying to impeach him in PA, but that's not going to go anywhere. We hope that doesn't go anywhere. The fact of the matter is Democrats are better at crime. Check out what he has to say, and then we'll go ahead and take it on the other side. 
very quickly, last question. Going forward, how should Democrats, in your view, meet the charge of being soft on crime? Republicans have been attacking liberals, as you say, with that smear for literally decades, Willie Horton and beyond. But Democrats still nationally don't seem to have developed a good, consistent counter message. Well, they just don't know their facts. I mean, it is a fact that the red states have a 40 percent higher rate of homicides. Republicans are terrible at crime. They're absolutely terrible. They always have been. And Democrats need to answer it directly because we have all the answers. I mean, if we if we look at the crimes, increasing crimes that have been occurring with guns, we can attribute it to GOP policy. You flood the market with guns, you get more guns and you get more crime. That is those are the types of things that Democrats have to put out there. Republicans are lethal to your help health with their policies. We can go one one particular issue after another, their lack of or, or the, their denial of social services to people over and over again creates the policies or, or create the conditions that create crimes. You give young people things to do, then they're not committing crime. You give people the opportunity to succeed, they're not committing crimes to try to take care of their families. It is all something that works together. But in a lot of the feeble minds of their politicians, they they refuse to acknowledge it. It's called willful ignorance that they refuse to acknowledge that in order to prevent crime, you must invest in the people. But I tell you what, don't sit back and think they don't know that deep on the inside. They do know that deep on the inside. Why aren't they, why aren't they following those types of policies? Very, very simple. Because prison is an industry. Locking people up is an industry. Bonding people out is an industry. You get crime weight rates down and all those businesses go away. There's no need for them. And there are a lot of people making a lot of money and we convicting a lot of our human bodies. We spend a lot of... Absolutely so, absolutely so. I, I, I don't think I saluted Troy Astro. Welcome aboard, Troy Astro. Uh, let's see who else is it. If there's somebody that I, need, that I need to salute that I hadn't saluted yet, please make yourself known. All right, I have one last video to show and then we'll move on from there. Check out what Maria Teresa Kumar did to Clarence Thomas. Hey, Clarence, are you trying to divorce your wife from the bench on the sly check this out one of the things that i found really fascinating about this bill is that it also protects interracial marriage again we're in 2022 where almost a third of americans are in a type of interracial couples i am married to an interracial individual so together our children are absolutely interracial so what does that say should we be praising the 12 republicans who voted to advance this legislation or maybe we should be focused on the people who voted against it I think it's the latter. Um, I think voting for this is the bare minimum for being a decent human being in America in 2022, as you point out. Um, but the vast majority of Republicans in the Senate voted against cloture. Um, there were only 12 that went along. Uh, so if my math's right, that's 38 Republicans who did not want to uh, protect same-sex marriage or interracial marriage. And by the way, I think the reason that they included interracial marriage is specifically because when Justice Thomas listed all of the things that he was going to come after, um, including same-sex marriage, including other substantive due process rights, he somehow neglected to mention interracial marriage. And that was a peculiar omission. Um, obviously, he is in an interracial marriage. You can make a legal argument that that's really a equal protection clause issue. But I think that's just indicative of the fact that the Supreme Court is now simply legislating their own um, views on these burning social issues. They don't have a strong constitutional basis. So I think it's entirely appropriate for Congress to step in and say, no, we have come to appreciate, come to believe that there are certain rights that are national, that are not dependent upon where you live in the United States. Uh, Jennifer, when all, when Clarence came out at talking about the interracial bit, my husband and I were joking that there's different ways to basically file for divorce with your spouse in more private settings than on the bench. That's a good one. We that was actually funny. Uh, I I'll be honest with you, I had to laugh at that one. I only brought that I only brought that up for comic relief, folks. Come on, I know that it's not anything about. 
uh, you know, Thomas wanting to to get rid of his wife. Remember what he what she said. Um, Ruben said, Ruben said, uh, that's the one thing that he didn't talk about interracial marriage. And that's because he's an interracial marriage. And what the one thing that we know about Republican is that they're while uh, Republican politicians, while they are not empathetic, they, they only care about things that affect them. So in the case of the Pennsylvania, uh, Senator, he only voted to support gay marriage after he found out his son was gay. Oh, really? Yes, that's what it is. Anyway, it's near the end of the show, and it's time for my ask that I didn't do. I think I'm going to start doing it at the end of the show so that, hey, I don't know. We'll see. Politics done right depends on you to keep doing what we do. What do we do? We make sure to keep, number one, the internet seeded with blogs and information to counter the right and to present what progressives represent for the benefit of us all to everybody so that it's not misread, misled by any other entity. We make sure and populate that internet with blogs, with videos, with all these other things to make sure that we are informed and to counter everything that you normally hear that, that are lying at the right. We also make sure to create articles in, in magazines, articles in newspapers all around the country to ensure, again, that our message gets out there. Last but not least, we also write books. As you see it, Class Warfare, the only re resort to right-wing doom, How to Make America Utopia, are two of the many books that I've written on these issues. So please support us in one of many ways. Numero uno, you can support us at PayPal, either one time or monthly. Go to politicsdoneright.com slash PayPal. You can support us on Patreon. That is politicsdoneright.com slash Patreon. Patreon is spelled P-A-T-R-E-O-N. You can support us by becoming a part of our YouTube channel, going to politicsdoneright.com slash YouTube, or you can support us in many other forms that you can find at politicsdoneright.com slash support. Be sure to visit our store, politicsdoneright.com slash store, and get our books at politicsdoneright.com slash books. Politics. Bridge MCP, you wonderful person again. Thank you so kindly for your support. Uh, Bridge just says, uh, she, after she gave us a great super chat, she says, good show on radio, quite impressive and social media. Love your brother and my posse, both sides. You know, and, and that, that's what I want to see in our, in our room here, that all of us uh, argue among each other, discuss among each other, fight among each other. But one of the things we're always back here as a posse. We are the politics done right posse, folks. Thank you for that contribution, Bridge. Hey, guys, follow Bridge and you can go ahead and give us a super chat or just click that join button, become a part of us or throw out that PayPal or whatever. And by the way, please subscribe to my newsletter. Uh, it's politicsdoneright.com slash newsletter or you can do it at mediumpoliticsdoneright.com slash medium. That is how we do it. That is how we do it. Anyhow, folks, uh, thank you so kindly for all your support. Thank you so kindly for what you guys do. Um, earlier today on, on my show, I think I'm going to get some outtakes from that show for tomorrow. Um, if you take a look at the show, we spoke about Lina Hidalgo and what Mattress Max did to her here. Uh, so what we want to do is uh, we're going to go ahead and, and, and cut that out, cut some pieces out and post it on the internet. But... Uh, it's been a long day and it's not over yet. I have to go into town one more time today. I'm giving a speech at the, uh, at a, uh, where, where, where am I giving a speech today? Uh, to the Democratic Party, Democratic Club in, let's see where that is going to be today. I'm giving a speech today in case anybody wants to show up there at the Cypress Tomball Democratic Club. The Cypress Tomball Democratic Club. Hey, Lee Grant, if you're out there, why don't you, if you're in that area, why don't you drive out there and um, we can meet and you can sit down and watch some Democrats in action. All right. You hear me, Lee Grant? Uh, are you there? Are you still in the house, Lee Grant? Are you still in the house? You could actually meet us out there at Cypress. If you're still in the house, drop me a line and I'll give you the address to come and, and uh, so you can hear the, the the little speech that I'm going to be giving today at the, um, at the, that club, the, what is it? The Cypress 
Tomball Democratic Club. I'll be out there um, giving a speech. And then on the 14th, I'm going to another club. I'll be speaking at the, that's not the Humble Era Democrats. That's one past already. Oh, on the 14th of December. On the 14th of December, I'll be at the Cypher Democrats to give a speech out there. So anyhow, um, let's go ahead and keep this thing going. I want to thank you guys for lending me your ears for a few minutes a day or a few minutes or a couple hours a day in the case of uh, Lopez Lopez was with us at uh, in at the noon hour and back with us at this hour as well Bridge MCP says Egberto Willis bring your glasses babes my dear sweetheart I will bring my glasses Lee Grant I'm open to the idea but not tonight dear dang Lee come on you can make an exception for your big brother here no, I'm, I'm playing with you, Lee. I, I get it. This is late notice. But, you know, uh, maybe on the 14th we can meet in Cypher. Anyway, um, folks, thank you so kindly for being a part of the program. As I try to tell everybody both here and on air, this is your show. Uh, so, therefore, you make it. You make what happens here. And um, thank you so kindly. My name is Egberto Willies, this is Politics and Right, and you guys know how I end this baby. I am what? Out! We spend a lot of time deconstructing the news, trying to, trying to parse it into a form that everybody can understand. We try to find those little nitpicks where uh, it goes, it flies above the fray, etc. If you really like these videos that we do, I want to ask a big favor. Please go ahead, number one, subscribe to our channel, and number two, please join if you can. Thank you so kindly for watching. Keep watching. Please remember to share. We must populate the entire internet with our progressive message, a message that we know is what most Americans say that they want. So help us please join.